Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Matt Lombardo Show, part of the Stacking the Box podcast. Please welcome your host, Matt Lombardo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on into the Matt Lombardo Show right here inside Fansided Stacking the Box podcast feed. I'm Fansided's national NFL insider, Matt Lombardo. Great to have you here. It's really a shame that we don't have any NFL news to talk about. I kid, I kid. What a week. We're going to get into all of it. Russell Wilson and the blockbuster trade that sent him to the Denver Broncos. Everything happening with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers staying put. The dominoes that are going to continue to fall in the quarterback market and in free agency just because of those moves that are going to be made both to counteract the quarterback moves and because there's so much cap space floating around for so many teams in the league with young quarterbacks. We'll get into all that and a whole lot more. Joining us a little bit later on, arguably the number one safety prospect in this NFL draft class, Nick Cross from Maryland is going to join me. Really looking forward to that conversation. He ran the fastest 40-yard dash time of any safety during the NFL Combine. Can't wait to pick his brain about that and the pre-draft process. We'll get into some of the rumors, some of the speculation, some of the things that I'm hearing in my talks with coaches, executives, and agents around the NFL. But before we get into all of that, as always, just a little bit of housekeeping for you. If you enjoy the podcast, please go ahead and subscribe in the Apple Podcast Store, SoundCloud, Spreaker, all of your favorite podcast platforms. 
throw a like on YouTube to the Stacking the Box NFL podcast. It's fan-sided. It's NFL podcast feed. You get two great podcasts for the price of none. You get Stacking the Box with Mark Carm and Matt Verderam every Tuesday. And each Friday, the Matt Lombardo Show hits your podcast platform with all of my insight, analysis, and the great guests that we roll through here each and every week. And if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy the Matt Lombardo Show specifically, I would really love it, and it would mean a lot. It would help grow the show if you left a five-star review for the Stack in the Box podcast mentioning the Matt Lombardo show. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, a guest or two you might want to hear from, and I'll read them on the show next week. They really help grow the show, especially in Apple Podcasts. So if you made it this far, thanks for being here, and would really appreciate it if you subscribe. And the big news of the week, it came fast, it came furiously, within hours on Tuesday afternoon. First, Aaron Rodgers announces that he's returning to the Green Bay Packers. Now, I had heard all throughout the season, we've talked about it on the podcast before, I've tweeted about it, I've written about it during my weekly column on fansided.com. It really seemed, after about week eight, week nine or so, that Aaron Rodgers was headed towards a Green Bay return. And first, the olive branch late last summer of bringing Randall Cobb in via a trade with the Houston Texans, followed by the decision for the Packers now to put the franchise tag on Devontae Adams. Green Bay is committed to Aaron Rodgers. They've committed to building around Aaron Rodgers over the next couple of seasons. Now, that's going to be difficult. With their lack of cap space, Rodgers is going to take up a chunk of that with his new deal. It's going to be difficult. But with Aaron Rodgers locked in in Green Bay and the move that happened within 45 minutes or so after the blockbuster trade that sent Russell Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos, if it did anything to the hierarchy in the NFC, it solidified, at least in my opinion, that the road to the Super Bowl goes through the frozen tundra in Green Bay for the next couple of seasons. Who's the biggest threat to the Packers? Is it the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott? They have all kinds of questions. Not a lot of cap space to keep building. They're probably moving on from Amari Cooper. I don't know that the Rams, if they don't keep someone like Von Miller, I don't know what they do opposite Cooper Cup if Odell Beckham Jr. isn't fully healthy. I don't know that the Rams are necessarily going to repeat. I don't know who the threat is to the Packers in the NFC. But over on the AFC bracket, Taking Russell Wilson, who's a perennial all-pro contender, taking Russell Wilson, who's been to multiple Super Bowls, has a Super Bowl ring, dropping him into that Denver Broncos system, and you put him into an offense with Nathaniel Hackett, who turned Aaron Rodgers in the same scheme into a back-to-back MVP winner, I think that has the recipe to really vault the Denver Broncos into the conversation. And I'll tell you this, talk to a handful of Broncos players after the trade went down. They're stoked. And there's a feeling inside that Denver Bronco locker room that now with Russell Wilson in place and you drop him into that scheme with Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach with Jerry Judy at wide receiver, K.J. Hamler and that speed, a really good offensive line that's getting better the more time they play together. There's a feeling inside that locker room now that it's their time to restore the Denver Broncos to what the franchise had been under John Elway as the quarterback, and certainly what they did with Peyton Manning when he led them to multiple Super Bowls. So the players inside that locker room are excited. The teams across the AFC, and in the AFC West specifically, they were put on notice. They were put on notice by the Denver Broncos getting Russell Wilson, because there's a lot of conjecture about what Russell Wilson is at this stage of his career. But I'll say this, this is going to be the best situation that he's been in in the last five seasons. 
He has a real good chance here with a great supporting cast. But with that said, if you're making the Super Bowl out of the AFC, if you're winning the AFC West, you have earned it. Just in that division, you have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, in addition to Wilson. That doesn't even take into account Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and the great quarterback play that you have on that side of the bracket. It's going to be a gauntlet to get to the Super Bowl, and you're already starting to see some of the shoes start to drop within the division. You saw on Thursday, the Chicago Bears traded Khalil Mack, who I know was a little bit banged up last year, but he's still one of the top 15 or 20 pass rushers in the league, maybe better than that, to the Los Angeles Chargers. They now pair Khalil Mack with Joey Bosa. And beyond that, if you game this out, they still have $29 million in cap space. They're going to be big players for Brandon Scherf to protect Justin Herbert. They're going to be in the market for the top offensive tackle. They're probably going to be in the mix for a Stephon Gilmore or a J.C. Jackson. They're going to spend this offseason. They are now committed to going all in to build around Justin Herbert. And I look at this move by the Denver Broncos. I look at the first counterpunch by the Los Angeles Chargers. This is what you need to do if you're in that division. If you see a quarterback like Joe Burrow go to the Super Bowl, if you play in a division where you're facing Patrick Mahomes twice, if you're in the AFC with the best quarterback play that we've seen over the last half decade or more, you need to build out your team not only to counterpunch them on offense, but to defend them. And I think you're going to see through this offseason, this is make or break it time for the Kansas City Chiefs. Because Patrick Mahomes has regressed each of the last three offseasons in terms of what they've done. He hasn't necessarily regressed as a quarterback, but they've gone from winning the Super Bowl to losing the Super Bowl to losing the NFC title game. They still have one of the great supporting casts in the NFL, and I'd make the argument that Patrick Mahomes is the most gifted quarterback walking the planet today. But they're on notice now. That defense, you're not going to be able to meander around for five, six, seven weeks and hope that you can beat the Broncos 37-34. to You're not going to be able to go through a midseason lull and hope that you're going to be able to win enough games against Justin Herbert and the Chargers to, to get a top seed to have home field go through Arrowhead. This is now one of the more competitive conferences that we've seen in a very long time. And the teams around the Kansas City Chiefs, they're making the kind of moves that you need to make and they have the supporting casts in place, and the quarterbacks now in place to leapfrog them. The onus is now on Brett Beach, the onus is now on Andy Reid, and the onus is, quite frankly, on Patrick Mahomes to elevate their game and their roster to the next level, because it's going to get a lot tougher to get to the Super Bowl going up against those teams week in and week out. So I think that you're going to see not only what the Chargers did by bringing in Khalil Mack, not only what teams like the Broncos have done bringing in Russell Wilson, you're now going to see the teams with the most cap space focusing on going to build out their defensive lines, focusing on building out their secondaries. And I would say that the Chargers, at least in my opinion, are one of the biggest winners of the week because they didn't just get Khalil Mack. They also brought back Mike Williams. And Mike Williams developed into one of the premier red zone targets in the NFL. Their task now is keeping Justin Herbert upright. The task for the Denver Broncos is building out that front seven even more than what they already have. So beyond Denver, you look at the teams with the most cap space today. You look at the Indianapolis Colts with close to $70 million. You look at the Dolphins with $51 million. The Seahawks, after trading Wilson, down to $50 million. The Jets at 48 The Jaguars at 41 The Bengals, fresh off a Super Bowl berth at 34 And the Steelers at 28 
all but two of the top eight teams in cap space in the NFL are in the AFC. So not only does the AFC have the best quarterback play by leaps and bounds, but they have the most teams with the most resources to build around those quarterbacks. And, you know, you talk to people inside the NFL, they're convinced the Jaguars are going to be big spenders and they have multi-layered motivation to do so. Not only trying to win now, not only trying to win within the window of having Trevor Lawrence on his rookie deal and surrounding him with the best supporting cast possible, but also you have to think about what happened last year with Urban Meyer and all of the turmoil and all of the controversy that went into that season, and it was Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. They have to make amends there. So it wouldn't shock me to see the Jaguars be aggressive, just like it wouldn't shock me after franchise tagging Jesse Bates if the Bengals are among the biggest spenders in free agency. They're going to be looking at tight ends, obviously, whether that's Zach Ertz, whether it's Evan Ingram. They both fit the profile of big pass catchers who are big playmakers after the catch who could really thrive with Joe Burrow at quarterback. But they're also going to have to be in the market for offensive line help. That just is a prerequisite after Joe Burrow got sacked 48 times last year and barely made it through the Super Bowl in one piece. So I'm really excited to see what happens across the AFC and across the NFL in free agency. On the other side, we'll chat with Maryland safety Nick Cross about his dynamite performance during the NFL Combine, how his pre-draft process is going, and a whole lot more. Keep it locked right here on the Matt Lombardo Show, inside fan-sided Stack in the Box podcast feed. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. Welcome back in. And this is going to be a great conversation with one of the rising stars ahead of the NFL draft. Potentially the first safety off the board, Maryland's Nick Cross. You can follow him on Twitter at Nick underscore Cross 26. Nick, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to have you here. Excited about what you did in Indianapolis and really fascinated by this whole pre-draft process. And obviously you ran the fastest 40-yard dash time at the Combine. You were an impressive track star in high school before you even got to the University of Maryland. How much do you think that really helped you going into the Combine and going into the 40? Um, I think it helped a lot. Um, high school, you know, I was coached by two really good coaches and 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 um, Chris Paul and and Coach Malcolm Malcolm Drury. They're both at um, Bishop McNamara right now. But um, you know, they're able to you know teach me some things. Just you know, holding your drive phase, being relaxed, making sure that you you know accelerate out of your drive phase and and keep your keep your knee lift going. So it was a lot, and I you know continue even during the off season to work out on the track and just keep that conditioning up. And, and, you know, people are always kind of overanalyzing the 40-yard dash. Some people put way too much stock in it. Some guys rise up draft boards because of it. Some guys fall because their times are, aren't that impressive. But you ran a 4-3-4. And, you know, two things here. One, have you seen the still shot of your face in the middle of the run? Um, I've seen a couple of them. I've seen a couple of them. The, there's one where it looks like you're giving the thumbs up to the camera. Was that on purpose, or was that just expert camera work by somebody there covering the combine? Uh, no, I think that was just expert expert 
camera work, catching the right the right shots at the right times. Yeah, it's a great shot. I mean, I would have it all over Twitter if I were you. And the second part of that is, were you surprised by your time, or did you know going in that you thought, okay, I have a chance to put up a pretty good number here? Um, no, I wasn't wasn't surprised. I actually was, you know, trying to run a little faster than that. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it was a, it was a good time. It was something that you know, I knew I was capable of running, and I was happy with the result. No, and you should be. It was a great time, a great run. And I think, as, as I said, it's going to help you really rise up some draft boards. And, you know, every year we hear stories about some of the most random questions and things that people ask prospects, whether it's GMs or coaches in these meetings. What was the craziest story for you coming out of the combine that maybe you didn't expect? Um, I wouldn't say there was anything too too crazy. I think, you know, just the standard questions, just, you know, getting to know me as a person, as a player. And just, you know, trying to get a feel for who I was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And one of the biggest things about you playing at Maryland is you were part of the first recruiting class under Mike Loxley. When you're going through your recruitment, was what was, you know, that stood out about him and what really sold you on the Terps and going to Maryland coming out of high school? Um, you know, Coach Loxley recruited me when um, he was at Alabama. And, you know, we developed a good relationship. He developed a good relationship with my parents as well. And when he got the job in Maryland, you know, he called me as soon as he got in, you know, told me he was going to try to recruit me to come to Maryland. And, you know, he's someone who I always, you know, was able to bond with and, and, and bode well with at, you know, throughout the entire recruitment process. And at the end of the day, you know, he told me, he's like, Hey, I want to, want to bring you here. I want to help you achieve all your goals. Um, and, yeah, so I, I took the chance. I, I came here and tried to help build the program. You certainly did that and took it to some new heights in a lot of regards in terms of the Big Ten. But Maryland has had a lot of guys go to the NFL. Have any former Terrapins reached out to you, kind of giving you advice about this whole pre-draft process, what to expect and how to put your best foot forward or anything like that? Um. Yeah, I've talked to a couple. I've talked to, you know, Jake Funk. Jake Funk um, definitely talked to me about it. And a couple others. So, yeah, they, they kind of just shared some insight on how it went for them. And, you know, you've playing in the Big Ten, you've gone up against some of the top receivers in this class, guys like Jahan Dotson, Chris Olave, David Bell. What stood out about some of those receivers? And was there a moment in any of those games where you thought, okay, wow, this, this is a kid who's going to go early in the NFL draft. And I just, you know, matched up really well against them. I should feel good about that. Like, you know, what was kind of your takeaway about going up against some of those guys? Oh, it was good. Um, it was it was a great challenge, a great experience. Um, every week played top competition in the Big Ten, and at the end of the day, you know, you know they ran their routes well, they caught the ball well, and they're they're great after the catch. So you know it was great playing against them. Whether it's Garrett Wilson, you know, Chris Olave, John Dawson, and David Bell, you know, guys like that, and you know, just a lot of fun to be able to compete against them. Was there a game or a matchup against one of those guys that you really hang your hat on, where you came out of it and thinking, okay, I acquitted myself pretty nicely there? Uh, I think all of them, you know, gave their gave their highs and lows. I think all of them were were something that you know, you win some and you lose some. At the end of the day, you know, I feel like you know I continue to get better as a player, continue to you know learn and grow every time I take reps against guys like that. And yeah, it was a good experience. Iron sharpens iron to a certain extent, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you know, perhaps you know your nickname in college wasn't necessarily Mister Do at all, but when you look at the stat line. You kind of did. And you look at your role at the next level in the NFL. Do you see yourself playing more of like a free safety, a strong safety? If you were designing a defense, where would you drop yourself into Nick Cross? 
Um, I think that, you know, I do well in, in any place in any defensive scheme. Uh, I think that I have the athletic skill set to play anywhere um, in the post, in the box, you know, man coverage, zone coverage, blitzing, you know, anywhere that I can help the defense and, you know, help make the team better is something that I'll do. Was there an aha moment for you at some point in your college career, like a, a light switch went off, whether it was a big game or a big play, an interception, a sack, something where you thought, okay, I can't just, you know, stand out at this level, but I can do this at the next level. I can go to the NFL. I can be a day one or day two pick in the draft. Was there that light switch moment for you? Um, I would say that uh, there definitely, you know, I feel like, you know, when I first when I got my first ever interception in, in college, it was, a, it was a big moment. Um, just being able to know that I can't make plays at, the, at this level and, you know, if I continue working hard and, and to accomplish the goals that I want to accomplish, that I'll be able to do it with no problem. For sure. And, you know, as a native of Maryland, you know, you grew up with two very different safeties coming through that state. Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, two of the best to ever play the position, two of the best to ever play defense in the NFL. Do you see either one of those guys or maybe a little bit of both in your skill set and kind of in your game? Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, they just, you know, from with Ed Reed and just the, the instinct and just being able to go in and, and play, play in the middle of the field. And, you know, Sean was someone who played all over the place and, you know, he, he, he fit the run well. He played, he attacked the ball in the middle of the field well. So, you know, both were guys who I really modeled game, my game after just because they were both we were able to do a little bit of everything and do everything at a high level. And you've kind of grown up in a golden era of safeties in the NFL, not just guys like Ed Reed and Sean Taylor, but Brian Dawkins goes to the Hall of Fame. John Lynch goes to the Hall of Fame. Steve Atwater maybe a little bit before your time, but there have been some really dynamite Hall of Fame, all pro caliber safeties that have gone through the NFL, um, you know, in recent years. Is there somebody even in today's NFL that you watch on Sundays and you say, you know what, I can be like that guy or I want to, you know, be that guy up near the line of scrimmage or I want to borrow his coverage skills. Is there a couple guys that maybe you pattern your game after in, in today's game? Yeah, there are a couple guys. Um, I would say, you know, Javon Holland from the Dolphins. He's one that, you know, he's just really young guy, but you know, at the end of the day, he plays at a high level. He's able to do a little bit of everything. Um, Jesse Bates, Justin Simmons guys who are up and coming and you know the next wave of, of great safeties that you know I look up to and you know play like or try to play like Jonathan Abram um guys like those who you know do a little bit of everything cover tackle play man coverage blitz so those are the guys who I kind of try to model myself after yeah, and Jesse Bates Jonathan Abram two really physical guys in coverage as well people talk about your physicality in coverage is one of your biggest strengths coming out of Maryland uh, what's part of your game that might not be talked about enough that you think might be one of your underrated strengths? And if you weren't on a podcast and this was a Zoom with a head coach or a GM, do you'd want to tell them, hey, I'm really good at this too? Well, what would that be for you? I'd probably say just, you know, football IQ. I feel like my I have a, a high level of football IQ, football intelligence, and, you know, it helps put me in a position to make plays or it helps to line my, my teammates up and help them make plays. And it's just something that, you know, I take pride in and, you know, studying film and, and learning the game and continuing to get better and get a better understanding for the game. 
This has been a lot of fun, Nick, and I'm really excited to watch you through the pre-draft process, through Pro Day, all the workouts coming up. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick underscore cross 26. Before we get out of here, you know, if there's a fan tuning in of a random NFL team, the Denver Broncos, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have you, what's, what's the one thing that you hope that as they're watching the draft or come September, that you would want fans to know about future NFL safety, Nick Cross? Um, you know, whatever team I'm able to, you know, go to, I feel like I'm going to bring, you know, excellent energy. I'm going to come in and, and do whatever's asked of me, whatever I can do to help the team um, reach its goals, which is winning. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'll come in and, and find my role and do my role to the best of my ability. He's Nick Cross. You can follow him on Twitter at Nick underscore Cross 26. Nick, this has been a lot of fun. Pulling for you, man. Best of luck through the pre-draft process. And we'll talk to you further up the road. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed the conversation there with Nick Cross. Big kid coming out of Maryland, six foot one, 210 pounds. If you watch him, plays fast, processes information really quickly, and he's not afraid to drop the hammer, whether it's in coverage or, as he talked about, as a pass rusher up near the line of scrimmage. 44 solo tackles last year, two forced fumbles, three interceptions, and five pass breakups. He's a versatile player. He's played in big games, in big game environments, in the Big Ten, and more than held his own against some of the top receivers in this class. So some team is going to get a really good safety in Nick Cross. So thanks to Nick for dropping by. You can follow him on Instagram at Nick Cross. On the other side, we'll get into some of the things I'm hearing ahead of free agency. Legal tampering gets underway early next week. Wednesday, free agency begins in earnest. So a lot to get into, a lot of rumors, and some guys are flying under the radar that might get more in free agency than some people expect. We'll get into all that and a whole lot more on the other side right here on the Matt Lombardo Show Inside Fansided Sack in the Box podcast feed. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back in, and what a great conversation with Nick Cross. Not only a kid who has the chance to be the first safety off the board in the NFL draft later this offseason, but clearly a great kid, athletic as hell, and I think he's a guy that walks into a situation as not only a day one starter, but a potential high-impact player on the back end of a defense. So Nick Ross is a guy that I'm going to keep an eye on as we go through the pre-draft process. And coming off that combine performance, he's got to be shooting up NFL draft boards. But before we get to the NFL draft next month, obviously free agency begins in earnest next week. Now, a lot of these deals, like it or not, wink, wink, nod, nod, handshake here, fist bump over there. These deals have been done, agreed upon, and hammered out, all but signed, sealed, and delivered leading up to the NFL Combine and during last week in Indianapolis. There are a lot of moves that have already been essentially agreed upon, and we're just waiting till the new league year begins. And of course, starting at 4 p.m. on Sunday, that's when teams can begin 
quote-unquote negotiating contracts. That's already been done. And then, of course, on the 16th, when free agency begins, that's when these deals become official. These guys are off the market. They wind up with their new teams. But, you know, the last few days throughout the course of this week, I've spent a lot of time on the phone with agents, with coaches around the NFL, executives, other sources, and, you know, kind of gathered some tidbits that I figured I'd share here with a few players, few teams, few things that I expect to play out over the next couple of days. And I'll just start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I had a long conversation with an executive on Friday afternoon just before taping the podcast. And his big takeaway is of anything that he's heard around the league, he's convinced that the Jaguars are going to be all in in free agency. That Jacksonville sees what they have in Trevor Lawrence as a second-year quarterback, former number one overall pick. They've already gone out and got a quarterback-friendly head coach in Doug Peterson to kind of smooth over all of the drama and all of the acrimony from last season and everything that went on surrounding the Urban Meyer circus, but they have Trevor Lawrence in tow. They have their quarterback on a rookie deal for at least three more years, and this is the window. This is the time to go shopping and build a contender around him. They walk into free agency with about $40, $41 million in cap space, and this executive who I was on the phone with Friday told me point blank, they're all in. They're going to be big spenders, and the Jaguars are going to go shopping at the top of the market in terms of offensive linemen and defensive linemen. You look at this year's draft class, there are great receivers that you can get in rounds one through three. There are some pretty good running backs you can get in the middle rounds. But as far as the pass rush goes, I think they're all in on Aiden Hutchinson. I think there's a real good chance he's the number one overall pick next month. But before they even get there, don't be surprised if they make a real run at someone like Brandon Scherf. Don't be surprised if Chandler Jones is a guy that they try to bring to Jacksonville because they have a window here. They have the money and they play in a division with Indianapolis who now has a lot of uncertainty at quarterback and with the Houston Texans where in the AFC South with the right moves with Doug Peterson and with Trevor Lawrence hitting his second year. There's a good chance the Jaguars could be one of those teams to surprise in 2022 but I don't think it should be a surprise if they're among the biggest spenders in free agency. In the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys this week made some news when they tagged Dalton Schultz, and I had reported back in early February the expectation wasn't that Dalton Schultz would get the franchise tag, but a lot of things had changed. You look at Blake Jarwin with the injury, you look at them potentially moving off of Amari Cooper, freeing up cap space, they had the chance to then tag Dalton Schultz, who's an ascending talent. You talk to people in that building, they believe he has the potential to be a top five or top ten tight end. Top ten tight end in the league might be Dalton Schultz's floor, according to some Cowboy sources who I'm pretty close with. So they jumped at the opportunity to use the tag on Dalton Schultz as a placeholder to get a long-term deal done and keep him in Dallas for the foreseeable future. But you look at what they're doing in free agency, you look at some of the guys that they need to bring back and, and the money that's going to be tied up with Schultz's extension, if there's any notion that Randy Gregory was going to give a home, hometown discount to the Dallas Cowboys, I think that goes out the window. Because you talk to people around the NFL, he's a guy that when he hits the market as a pass rusher coming off one of the more consistently dominant seasons of his career, tying a career high with six sacks, there are a handful of teams already interested there, and his market is really strong. So I would think that, you know, Randy Gregory is a guy who could command 8 to $10 million a year plus in the open market. And as far as quarterbacks go, it's all about the quarterback position every year, right? Whether it's in the draft or in free agency. But this is a little bit different because after Aaron Rodgers goes back to the Green Bay Packers, after Russell Wilson gets traded to the Denver Broncos, maybe... 
If you want to talk about a veteran quarterback not named Mitchell Trubisky, who has a lot of upside, probably even more upside than Mitchell Trubisky has to offer based on what we've seen out of him, it's Jordan Love. And the Jordan Love trade market is really fascinating to me because not only do the Broncos go and get Wilson, not only does Aaron Rodgers stay put, which makes Love expendable, but the Commanders trade for Carson Wentz. So you've had a handful of quarterbacks already moving, and that leaves about six or seven more who need a quarterback. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Seattle, and maybe the Houston Texans I would classify as going quarterback shopping this offseason. And the skepticism around Deshaun Watson, by the way, from people that I talk to in the league, is very real. Regardless of what happens in court this week, regardless of what happens in terms of his name being cleared criminally, Deshaun Watson is still a really tough sell to a fan base. And beyond that, there are people I trust inside the league who are really skeptical that the Houston Texans and GM Nick Casario are going to be able to get the kind of deal that they believe they're going to because of the fact that regardless of what happens, that Deshaun Watson is still staring down the barrel of at least an eight-game suspension. So that, to me, enhances the Jordan Love market. And I spoke to a scout earlier this week who told me two teams that are very much in play are the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks. And I think the Saints are a fascinating fit because they have a lot of weapons there. They have Alvin Kamara. They have Michael Thomas. The system isn't changing. They're not going to, you know, rebuild that offense from the ground up. And we saw what they were able to do when Sean Payton was the head coach there. But Jordan Love, even though he only played in that one game against Kansas City and was kind of underwhelming, he still has first-round pedigree. He still learned underneath Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett for two years. So he's got a good education in terms of running an NFL offense. I think the Saints and the Seahawks would be the two teams to watch in terms of a potential Jordan Love trade. And I want to talk about guys who might be flying under the radar a little bit. And the one name that jumps to mind for me is Jakeem Grant. Special team standout, absolute speed demon from the Chicago Bears. I'm told from a few different places his market is really heating up. And he might not make it out of the first wave of free agency. Here's a guy who averaged 15.4 yards per reception last year. Caught two touchdowns, and he was an absolute menace on special teams, one of the more up-and-coming kick returners in the league today. I've heard from a few people that Jakeem Grant is a guy that might sign for a lot more than a lot of people are expecting. And on the offensive line front, Lucas Patrick from the Green Bay Packers, their offensive guard, you know, he's a guy that I think is going to have a really strong market. You look at his pedigree, you look at what he's done over the last couple of years, he was number three among centers in run block win rate. He was number one among all offensive guards in pass rush win rate. But here's the issue. He didn't play enough snaps at guard to qualify, but that's still really, really consistent from an offensive guard standpoint, and he has the versatility along the offensive line to play all three interior positions. And I was told last week that there were at least five teams already in the mix for Lucas Patrick. He's an offensive lineman I think is going to be in high demand. He's a guy that I think winds up going elsewhere because of Green Bay's cap issues, and he's a guy that I think would be an ideal fit for a team like the New York Giants. You look at the Giants, who really only have one offensive lineman solidified, and that's Andrew Thomas. Joe Shane, the new general manager, Brian Dable, the new head coach, they're going to need to potentially build out four new starters along the offensive line. Lucas Patrick will be a great addition there because he can play center. Who knows what's going to happen with Nick Gates? Or you can plug him in at either guard spot. And if you drop Lucas Patrick alongside Andrew Thomas, 
you can set up the left side of your offensive line for at least half a decade. So I think that Lucas Patrick is a guy to keep an eye on. And I'll stick in Green Bay for one more. Rasul Douglas, coming off the strongest season of his career, five interceptions. The expectation from everybody that I talk to is he's going to be playing elsewhere. That the Packers don't have the money, especially after franchise tagging Devontae Adams. We'll see if they get a deal done long term. I don't know that that happens by Tuesday to open up that cap space. They brought Aaron Rodgers back. He's going to command top dollar on that new contract. Rasul Douglas is a guy that you can drop into a secondary at cornerback and feel really good about it. So I think he could be somebody who signs in the first wave of free agency as well. So that's just a little bit of what I'm hearing going into free agency. It's always a really fascinating time every single year. The news comes in fast and furious. We're going to be on top of it all. Please follow me on Twitter at Matt Lombardo NFL. I'll try to be breaking news there all weekend, all next week, reacting to the news that comes in as it happens. And of course, if you enjoy the podcast, please go ahead and subscribe to Stacking the Box in the Apple Podcast Store, SoundCloud, Spreaker, all of your favorite podcast platforms, and leave a five-star review for the Matt Lombardo Show. Let me know what you like about the show, what you don't like, and I really appreciate those because they help grow the show. Thanks to Nick Cross for dropping by. What a great conversation. Keep an eye on him as the NFL draft approaches. And as always, a big thank you to Fansided's Cole Thompson. He does a tremendous job producing this program each and every week. That's all the time we got. I'm Matt Lombardo. Enjoy your week, everybody. Enjoy free agency. I can't wait to react to all the news and break it all down right here next week on the Matt Lombardo Show inside Fansided's Stack in the Box podcast feed. I'll talk to you then. Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. It's a Jamie from Progressive. Shh, Jamie. No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Shh. Hmm. I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.